<laughs> I wish that every day of the year could have the love that we feel on Christmas Day. Ooh, every year at Christmas time, I hear the people laughing, smiling, being happy again. Ooh, at Christmas time. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Ooh, <laughs> that. Ladies and gentlemen, that just is Luther Vandross's every time, every Christmas. But this is continue podcast <laughs> episode one. Ooh, six. <laughs> my, nice. my name nice. is Anthony John Agnello, and if you guys thought that Star Wars was a human emotion journey before, well, you mm. never got aged son uh we're here to talk about so many things and the people that are going to talk to you about them the listener is none other than susan aren't i forgot i live in another time zone now mm. yeah i mean <laughs> so i laid, like right before the show i'm like well i got an hour before the show i'm gonna lay down i'm gonna have a little power nap <laughs> a little stretch, and I, a little... I lay down and i i literally had just Put the blanket up over my eyes, and I hear and I feel the little boo boo on my Apple Watch that says there's a there's a te- I have a text and it's y'all and you're like hey wait what are we do- you know are we doing this are we doing that and I'm thinking hmm yeah it's a good thing I have oh my god <laughs> you had that home the alone Apple, moment I did. the Apple the Apple Watch says to you it's like would you like us to release adrenaline rush to make sure you can entertain. <laughs> Would you like to Tim Cook release <laughs> dopamine receptors? And we then took a look at your personal data and we saw that you were a little, you're, you're a little low. So we, uh, you got Tim, the George Tim, Lucas voice on your phone. Yes, exactly. Yes. I was like, Tim, Tim, Tim Cook does have a little bit of the George Lucas about him, but he's like folksy. He doesn't sound like a sociopath. <laughs> like, so it's like George Lucas, like cleaning his glasses. Uh, well, what we're gonna do is <laughs> first we're gonna take all the information about your life, tell them about the power of myth. I was just getting to that, George. Now the power of myth in your Apple Watch, fucking Tim Cook. Uh, uh, that class warrior who's gonna get his analog pocket next week is yeah. none other than Dave Roberts. It's happening. Uh, also, speaking of class, uh, class warrior, shout out to the Activision Blizzard workers who are. Uh, Absolutely, one stoppage yeah, for was it five days in a row now, and they're they're raising money for their strike fund. Uh, if you the, have the means to donate, please consider it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do uh, it. it's or just just support them. Support them on on social media. Spread the word. Uh, this is a long time coming, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, I f- it feels like something's gonna happen. Yeah, it feels, feels like good things are afoot. Did you see that email that went out where oh, they're like, "No, no, yeah, no, oh, yeah, no, the, the union busting email from the uh, from a guy who used to be COO of the CIA during the Trump administration." Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's just a rogues gallery of the worst people working over at the C-suite there. Uh, but yeah, just sending out like a well, like the, the straight up boilerplate standard union busting. Well. 
uh, you know, you just if you if you jo- we 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 recognize your right to join a union, but if you do join one, you lose some of your rights, you know, because all of that stuff happens with the union, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and then and but like because we're doing such a great job of like do, we want to have a dialogue, and the union. <laughs> It's yeah. It's just all the same stuff. It's but you know, but you know, but you know, if you if we get it wrong, <laughs> then absolutely. I just I, I love like the, the like okay. So they've tried that. You've done nothing. You're yeah. protecting Bobby Kotick, <laughs> and now that you, this is threatening you, that's oh no no. We want a dialogue. Fuck off. No. No, you the, don't. Yeah, no. This is this is this is how cha- change will happen. All of the employees get together and go like, "If Bobby doesn't leave, we're not working anymore." I'm telling the you, the money Bobby's stops. Gonna, what is what is Bobby gonna do when he has to get on his sail barge and go into the Dune Sea <laughs> and go back to go sacrificing back to, uh, people yeah, to the mighty Sarlacc? Yeah, go it's back to the funny. Epstein Island and. <laughs> Bobby the Hut. Oh fucking. Bobby, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, just take, just take like a, a a little orphan Annie wig and put it on Jabba the Hut, and that's Bobby Kotick. You've got it. Yeah. There he is. It's just the. I remember that cool scene in Money. You know, because Jabba had charisma. Yeah. No, that's true. All right. So okay, take the little orphan Annie wig mm-hmm. and put it on the uh, special edition New Hope. 1997 CG Jabba. There it is. There, yeah. Uh, yep. Where, there like, is. where Han Solo steps on his tail. Yep. 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 Yeah. There That's, it is. Well, when when the the first leak happened uh, about you know the 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 horrific harassment at Activision Blizzard, he had Bobby Kotick was went on record as uh, having the exact same facial expression and noise as CG Jabba. He just went, ooh! <laughs> and, that was a stretch, my man, but I'm going to let you have it. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I just wanted to make the noise again. I know. I know. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, is, you know, you've got to deplatform these fuckers unless they're making a Star Wars game about emotions, oh, in which case oh, it doesn't... Girl. Okay. <laughs> oh, doesn't we matter. need to start this because yeah, I have things need to, I need to say. Okay, okay. We're gonna... Everybody, uh, we're dating this episode. Episode 106 is being recorded uh, exactly 24 hours after the 2021 The Game Awards. And... Uh, Increasingly a, inaccurately named the Game Awards. The game commercials. Uh, we have collectively a lot of feelings uh, as a group. We have so many feelings. So many feelings David Cage could never make a video game about them. Uh, not even stolen data about Elliot Page could capture the amount of emotions and feelings coursing through us. Um, we're going to get into... Uh, the the awards actually given because there were some and they were do we want to say ninety percent bullshit? We go ninety percent or like yeah, well 80. 80? 80. 80. 80 percent bullshit. bullshit. There were some. Yeah, sure. Uh, so eighty percent bullshit there. Um, yeah, a lot. A lot there, there. I 
Uh, we were talking about this in the pre-show. Backers were probably enjoying. Hey, go to Patreon.com/slash/ContinuePodcast. You could too can hear the backers section. But we were talking about the fact that I experienced much of the Game Awards by proxy through Susan and Dave. Uh, I wasn't watching a lot of it live. I was just watching them. And over the course of three hours, it was like watching a sun go nova. <laughs> you see. <laughs> You, you, all of a sudden, it shifted from a brilliant orange hue to a bright white, and then a dense, angry red. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't even know where to start. Susan, where do you want to start? I where would you, like where to start? start with Keeley's limp dick opening. Yeah, please. Please. So, please. as you may recall... Uh, someone, a journalist, asked him about, they're like, whoa, Game Awards, Actabliz, what do? And he was all, man, well, you know, you gotta be careful about saying anything. And he got bodied for it, as he should. So, he opens the show with, like, Zuckerberg has more relatability than Keeley standing up there and saying, we don't tolerate abuse. We got to stop it in our communities, in our industry, because the future is looking great. Oh Let's go God. to our first Let's premiere. Go. I swear to God, that's exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did. And what, what is the game he go, he throws to immediately? Oh, the one made by the, ga- by the guy with all the accusations of sexual misconduct. Awesome. Way to go! Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, 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 a cutting directly to a quantic dream where it's not just it's like all a the middle accusations. Finger. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it's it's not just that the studio head has multiple sexual harassment accusations lobbied at him that the French government is investigating. It is a studio racked by horrible labor practices and Uh they have been they have been savaged for this for over a decade um it really set the tone yeah yeah Uh, we we don't tolerate harassment uh so that's why our game of the year award is being uh handed out by neil Druckmann, who uh, was who's also come under the gun for labor abuse and at naughty dog it there's a really good tweet uh, that Sanat Sarkar uh, tweeted out last night after the show. Like uh, Anna Diaz tweeted out, uh, "Why was everyone so well behaved tonight? Not a single word on ABK at the Game Awards." And uh, the quote tweet that Samet said was, "I was wondering about this too. Then I realized all the people who accept the awards and present them, if devs are doing the presenting, are the bosses." LOL. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's something. Yeah. Susan, sorry. I yeah. just wanted to add one thing because I saw somebody say, "Oh, well, you know, the the show's been rehearsed and planned, you know, for months, and you know, they can't change it last minute." Yes, they can. Yeah, they can. They yeah. absolutely can. It's not easy, but they can. So shut the fuck up and stop defending this asshole. Okay, he had an opportunity to be on the right side, and he chose. Not to. Yeah, he, so, he, he, like, and I think, Susan, you brought up a point, too, on Twitter about, like, uh, he certainly chose to defend Ko- Kojima during mm-hmm. that whole debacle. Like, mm-hmm. he broke But as somebody else that. pointed out, yeah, Konami had no power. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like, oh, yeah, I can kick you, because you can't kick back. There, there's, it's the, that's, Susan, you, you talk about, like, he had the choice 
He didn't make the choice. He doesn't have the choice. And I, I want... Look, I, I enjoy watching E3. Mm-hmm. I enjoy watching a Nintendo Direct. Sure. I enjoy following along for the Game Awards, much like everybody in our weird little world does. But I hope that this puts to rest any illusion that this is a celebration of art yeah or yeah. developers community yeah. mm-hmm. and and creators and individuals because kids it's about fucking money yep it is about money dollars mm-hmm. and we make the joke that this is the game commercials but that's what this is this is the game commercials this is a competitor saying that the ESA the largest lobbying group for this industry in this country has had themselves a nice little monopoly on this kind of business for 25 years. That's what E3 is. Yep. And as the business model has evolved, 25 years ago when E3 was created, it was primarily for business owners. It was for developers looking to find a publisher, publishers looking for product, uh, and, and retailers, retailers looking mm-hmm. to stock yeah. their shelves. Yep. But... Now, that's not where the money is. The money's in you, the person listening, the person who cares about video games. Your attention is where the money is. And this is E3 to monetize you. Mm-hmm. And nobody involved in making it is going to make a choice that isn't about protecting that cash. Mm-hmm. Quantic Dream and Lucasfilm and Disney paid a lot of money to have their world exclusive <laughs> right then and there. And that's what's going to define it. Sucks. Blows. Yeah. Wish, wish it was different. It's not. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm at the point now where it's like, I like, I was planning on kind of ignoring it and just watching the trailers after because I mean that's all it is it's just trailers just, yeah, watch, yeah. just watch it later it's fine it doesn't matter no one's there for the awards I don't want to see Imagine Dragons even though they're performing a cool Bastion tune no uh, Sting Sting was alright uh, Sting was Sting Sting was Sting yeah Sting was Sting hey, can, can we can we very quickly establish as somebody who wasn't was uh, again experiencing this via mm, proxy mm-hmm. was it Sting like uh you don't have to win that. No, 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 no. Or, or no, no. Wrestlers, no. like yeah. Fields of Gold Sting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. But I mean, nah. but it was good. But it's, yeah. it's yeah. a good. The, the song is good, and he's just being very Sting. The only okay. reason I was watching in real time was because. Do you remember when Mick Gordon came and played the music from Doom? Yeah, it was yeah, great. It was fucking dope. And do you remember last year when they kicked off the show? With Last Surprise from Persona. Yeah, that was great. <sighs> yeah. That is what I wanted to see. I'm like, there might be a really amazing musical moment, and I want to be there for it. And then it's Welcome Imagine Dragons. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, like the content, like. <laughs> The content's not even worth... It's not even worth it to watch the show to do this after and do the content. I'm done. I don't I, I don't mean, want I, any part of that machine yeah. anymore. I, it, I was going to disengage entirely, but, I mean, we the three of us were having the conversation, and Susan, you said it really well. I was like, do I want to dunk on 
you know, uh, whatever like terrible expansion that we're supposed to be excited about just like falls dead with all of our friends on the internet and you said haven't we earned (laughs) (laughs) we've earned this and we've earned it and you're right we we have but yeah i i don't know um a a friend of mine and i in one of the many text threads that i I had going (laughs) throughout this said it was like uh something to the effect of uh and i'm paraphrasing here but you know if there's somebody who's actually going to make something that is well produced and celebrates video games even slightly shouldn't we reach out and support it and i yeah you know i i i I, yes and no i i feel like there have been so many other things created by people that are being made just because they love video games rather than are trying to make money at it. Mm-hmm. You're I, listening I feel... to one right now. Right. Yeah. We, we do that. <laughs> we do this. Um, I don't know. There are just a lot of options. And I just like, I don't know. I, I feel like any, any time we get our hopes up of like expecting the powerful money to institutions, uh, to behave like humans it's not gonna we're gonna happen. be we're gonna be disappointed it's not gonna happen yeah you know here's the thing here's here's where i consistently fail i don't expect them to act like humans because i recognize you have to make certain compromises and allowances when you are in a business relationship mm-hmm. you you don't get to make the righteous choice because sure. the pursuit of money is very rarely righteous and I get that. Like, I get that he has to remain, he has to remain platform agnostic. He has to remain developer agnostic because he, you know, it's, it's all very, very political. I respect that. But there is a time mm-hmm. where as a fucking human being, you have to say, I'm willing to risk my paycheck over this. Mm-hmm. And Keeley is one of literally the most powerful independent people in the industry. And again, he made a choice. And fuck you, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Like just just fuck you. Anyway. But see, here's the other thing I'm angry about. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm watching the game awards, and we go to the the very first trailer. And it starts off with some kind of whack-ass taiko drums. And I'm like, I love taiko drums. Are these space taiko drums? I'm in. Don't know what it is, but I'm in. It looks so cool. It looks amazing. I'm like, this is awesome. And then as it keeps going, you realize, this is Star Wars. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I don't know what's happening, but I'm here for it. Oh, fuck, Quantic Dream. Oh. Yeah. Don't yeah. you want to see the emotions? Yeah. Here the, uh, in the High Republic uh, era, the the war between anger and the dark side and balance with the Force is more... <laughs> I, I, I'm very lucky because the trailer leaked shortly before the awards ceremony. Oh, did it hour. really? Yes, the trailer leaked, and so people were like, knew, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, the Quantic Dream doing Star Wars rumors real, that's what that was, and so, like, when it started, like, I, my heart was steeled, 
I wasn't, I wasn't gonna get caged yeah. this time. It's like, uh, it, it was that same deflating feeling that people felt when they saw, like, oh, they're putting the pixel, like, the pixel remasters in Final Fantasy! They're doing them all! All one through six, and then... Steam and Mobile. <laughs> it is, it, like, I do, I do find the licensing choices over at Lucasfilm to be fascinating because for every step forward where they're like, we're going to give this fan favorite studio that's been remastering these classics a chance to remake Knights of the Old Republic and everybody's like, yay! Oh, we forgive you for giving Battlefront to Electronic Arts. Mm. And then they're like, and Quantic Dreams doing a narrative game. Like, just because, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you do you not understand they have to have somebody over there like like a disney retainer with a cattle prod just going no oh good point yeah well i so here's what i don't get here's here's where i'm lost on this by the metric of the time heavy rain was very successful heavy rain sold six million copies lifetime and, you know, for something that started as a PlayStation 3 exclusive and didn't go to PC for years and years and years, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Beyond Two Souls ate shit. Yeah, it ate hard. And Detroit ate shit to the point that Sony ended their exclusivity first look agreement with that studio. So who the fuck is giving them this money? Here's why. Here's here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they if if they put out a request for for bids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that you know, Quantic Dream came in either faster or cheaper than other will, places. I will say the one thing that Quantic Dream does real well is the tech, like the five minute tech yes. demo. Mm. Like every time they do one of those, like Heavy Rain, when they're like, like, oh, it's like the woman in the in the house, like in the serial killers there, and it's like, oh, or the one, like the woman, like crying with the knife. Or yeah. the, uh, the the AI robot lady, like, full of emotion, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, mm-hmm. a five-minute scene. Like, really, really good at those. That's all, and and I'm sure that's probably what they did. They, they put together a incredibly solid tech demo yeah. for, um, for this Star Wars idea that they had. And then inevitably, when the game comes out, uh, the uh, robot played by Jesse Williams is going to make the cops stop shooting them by kissing his AI girlfriend, uh, and then everyone realizes the power of love. That is that spoilers. That's how the trope become human. Uh, uh, a game that made me laugh out loud multiple times. Hang on, is that an actual plot point you just said? Yeah, that's, Detroit, that's yeah. the end of Detroit. Become human. You are. Fucking no, kidding me! No, I, I, I remember. Like, I, we were gonna. I was gonna talk about it on the podcast back when it came out, and I, we decided against it because I was like, we have better things to talk. About. <laughs> Actually, but no, it's like it's one. It's a baby's understanding of like civil rights movements, and two, mm. it, 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 it culminates in a scene where like you can choose to like kiss this other robot lady and then because the cops who are swarming your little like 
riot enclave in the middle of the street uh, see this happen, they are so overcome with emotion that the, the president of the United States signs a decree that robots are, are granted rights. Oh my god. Okay, 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 let's just move on. Yeah. Let's just, because yeah, clearly... I, we, he, he, we, David Cage is the Tommy we saw video games. Like, yes. full stop. Oh my god. I, I said it last night. It was the only really good burn I got on Twitter. But, it, but it's fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate inevitably leads back to David Cage. <laughs> nice. For, That's a good one. Yeah, I feel good about it. I That's feel good. good about That's it. strong. That's very strong. Uh, so that, yeah, there were there were other things that were good. <laughs> yeah. they, they 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 gave they Susan they gave you so many things that are Susan art specials. It was bizarre. I was like, yeah. so I said, so I was at uh uh my uh office's Christmas party, air quote, because it was over Zoom. Uh, so I came into the show late and I fire up Twitter and it's just message after message after message. <laughs> Susan, 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 have you seen Telltale Expanse? <laughs> Susan, has anybody checked on Susan? It's Telltale Expanse. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? By the way, looks amazing. It looks so good. But then, then I'm sitting there and this trailer's coming. I'm like, gosh, this looks like Alan Wake, but they already did the remaster of Alan Wake, so I don't I don't know what's going on. And then they reveal it, and I literally scream, <laughs> jump up at, like, up and then back down onto my couch. My husband turns and is like, well, that's a reaction. I was flapping my arms because I didn't know how to exist in a world that had Alan Wake 2 coming into it, and I was just so happy. And the fact that it's like they're like a survival horror game. Oh my god. Oh my god. Survival horror game. (gasps) I... How many, how many thermoses do you have to collect in this one, do you think? Yeah, that's gonna be... Well, here's the thing, though. The first one, if you forget about um the signal which is trash oh, the, Ver- the verizon commercial the, the verizon commercial like it, it it already is a survival horror game yeah yeah i mean but uh, like it is very uh it's very heavily into the the combat stuff it's it's more that, resident evil 4 than silent hill yeah that, that true like, true yes. So yeah. uh, the fact that they they emphasize that, especially when everything that Remedy has made, basically since the original mm. uh, like Alan Wake is just like shooter, 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 yeah. shooter, yeah, 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 shooty, shooty, bang, bang, like Control. I would kill for a version of Control. Like, where's the setting? Like, I don't have to play any of the action parts. <laughs> Where can I just do the exploration? Just w- walk around a weird, brutalist building? And jump over things, because that's all that's interesting <laughs> about this to me. And, like, so that they're like, Alan Wake, don't worry, it's going to be um, nighttime spookums. Get your flashlight batteries. Uh, and did you, did you guys see early days of the pandemic it was like may or june and there was a a twitter thread going on of game developers sharing their home office workspaces oh the i one remember that, that vaguely yeah. oh, so it's just like it's all of these like wonderful 
<laughs> like, look at my ze- look photos, at I'm overlooking photos, a Zen garden. Yeah, yeah, overlooking a Zen garden. Photos of family, like childhood mementos, all of these wonderful things, and then it gets to one, and it's a fucking cinder block white wall, a barren desk with a laptop and a coffee cup next to it and a concrete floor and a folding chair and it just says Sam Lake <laughs> and I'm like that, that, mother- that motherfucker's making Alan Wake too <laughs> there is no doubt <laughs> that guy is hunkered down but there's 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 Expanse I, I'm curious about who is making the Expanse because then they announced the Star Trek Adventure well, game. Uh-huh. And the Star Trek Adventure game is that I looked up that studio. That is 100% the people that made Walking Dead season 1 at Telltale and um Tales from the Borderlands. So if Interesting. they're all if they're all over there at this new place, yeah. who is Telltale now? It's I think it's like a holding company at this point. Oh, right? Uh-huh weird i have to look at because i remember it like it was the there was a story like a year or so ago where it was like telltale's back and everyone's like wait i remember that wait you just they let everyone go how is it back and it's like yeah well like a couple guys like we we have all the rights to the telltale stuff now so we're technically telltale but yeah i think it like I don't know how much of those original people are involved or whether it's just like key creative types or whatever, but mm. I, I imagine a lot of the rank and file are long gone at this point. But yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. Like I, I was conflicted when I saw that. Cause it's like, well, like it's tell. Is it really though? Is it really telltale? Who but, cares? I mean, I'm but, yeah, sorry, yeah. but who just the fuck who cares? cares? Yeah. Who cares? As I mean, long as they, know, if, they, if, they, if they, if they have a good crew and they're making good games, like, and if it's the Expanse yeah. writers working with them, then mm-hmm. then you're, exactly you're, you're exactly. Good to go. Uh, there was also Dunk, the four X. Uh, <laughs> I can't not call it Peter dunk. Peter Skarsgård's Dunk. Uh, um, yeah, it was funny. That was when I was actually watching, and they were like Dune game, and I was like, man. Like, cause there, there's such a long history of Dune games. You know, uh, there, there was yeah, it was uh, like a Westwood, I, like Westwood. Yeah. It was like one of the first real-time strategy games. Was Dune? Yeah, Dune, 2. it was Dune Two. Yeah, yeah, and it was beloved. Um, and so I, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not so interested in an RTS or a sim or God forbid, like I please don't make like a third person action game oh god where it's oh, like god. you're jason momoa get in your <laughs> bug copter and fuck him up like please no <laughs> don't do that uh, i just had just such a clear vision of the third person view of someone in the still suit Yes. You know, and, 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 and yeah. the sequence where you had the QTE where you walk without rhythm so you don't attract the worm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you got to you got to use the six axis control. So you gotta, <laughs> oh. uh, six axis. That's wow. that's how you got to do it. Um, <gasps> but th- yeah, I I said to you two, I was like, I hope they. Ah, man, how great would a Civ Dune edition be? And then they uh, that was literally what they. It's like four yep. X strategy game. Oh, shit. I'm in. I am all the way in. I think that's amazing, and it's kind of surprising it hasn't happened sooner. It is weird. It is yeah. very weird that it hasn't happened. Um, 
Yeah, that's I. It's not a remake of the 100% real Game Boy Advance Dune Bug Copter Air Combat game. That is a real thing. That, is, that exists. I have to find this now. Uh, we can we can we talk about my favorite announcement of the entire show? Uh, I, so, I I missed the the PS Vita porn game announcement but <laughs> no you didn't no you didn't they announced slitterhead they, they oh, announced it right yeah. then and there they ran say it's it's just it's that that's a that's a name you could go with <laughs> it's did they not ask anyone i like I, I, here's my thing it's so close to slitherhead already and that makes so much more sense for the weird fucked up body horror thing that's clearly going on. Like, guys, just add one vertical line to that T. Well, one because I mean, it's their heads open up, much I know. like a vagina. Much, so, yes. I, and, I mean, like, should I should I be surprised that the person that created Silent Hill one and two? is like, yeah, I'm going to make an action horror, body horror game with vagina in the title. Should I be surprised by that? No. Um, No. 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 (laughs) Am I thrilled that he's doing it? Of course you are. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it looks creepy as hell. It looks, yeah, it looks bizarre. really got like, ah, But then they got to the name, and I was like, oh. Oh. Put that on your shelf. There's there's time. I mean, hey. Well, let's give him this. That SEO is gonna kill. It's just good. It's good. Woo! There, everything you need to know about nobody, nobody's nobody's gonna get lost looking for that one on Steam, or are they? Oh God bless who whatever game journal has to do five things I wish I knew about Slitterhouse. Every, everything we know about Slitterhead, including that enemy. Uh, <laughs> That's such an inside baseball joke. And I love it's, it. Yeah, I, I, that game, that game's my fucking catnip. I mean, the the fact that it looks like somebody took Kowloon's Gate and Siren Blood Curse, mm. and then I guess like Rygar <laughs> and blended <laughs> them together. <laughs> what, am I, what am I gonna go. do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm helpless against that shit. And then, I mean, there's the Akira Yamioka music that's playing during that trailer, too. Yeah. And it sounds like he's now decided to, like, write new music rather than phone in a bunch of bullshit. Uh, he, he, puts a, he put, he put down his uh, shredding electric guitar for a bit. Put, the, put down the mandolin. He got his uh, uh, Guns N' Roses uh, phase out of the way. It's all... After Let It Die. It's behind us. Um... Was there were there any were there any other announcements that floated okay, your guys' boat? I just need to talk about one of my favorite moments of the evening. Was Pete Hines oh. <laughs> breaking the leaves? Yeah, that's a good video. It was just like streams of codes, just oh, like Oh god. And he makes a joke about and we've run out of things to port Skyrim to. <laughs> like, yes. yes. Did you guys get one of the codes? Did you guys get yeah, anything? No. And try. Yeah. Nah. I, I, uh, a buddy of mine got a copy of Deathloop, and uh, oh, nice. I talked to s- somebody else that got a copy of Doom 2016. It's oh, neat. 
They they worked. Those yeah. were good codes. Good yeah, codes. They, they, your your friend got the okayest game of twenty twenty one. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's. Are, do you guys want to talk about any more announcements? I mean, for, or can for, we talk for about spoken, awards? like the the trailer that they showed for that, the next game from the Final Fantasy fifteen studio. Uh, I think it shows a lot better because it's like the dialogue was way less like oh they fly now like like it actually feels like they're they're like there's a world to explore and not just someone doing quips. Uh, but no, that looks cool. Uh, also, seventy dollars on PC, so that's starting now. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake also going to be seventy dollars on PC. Mm. I mean, I mean, like it, yeah, like the the, the con- well PC was like immune from that price increase for a bit and now it sounds like, like no, square, square enix is like no no yeah. no no we're getting yeah. that money um yeah but no hey, I'm, man. You know, i want i want to play remake on pc on my, on my fancy pc i'll do sure yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my remake remake looks good babylon's I, fall <laughs> anthony oh right that's happening it's, that's it's only been weird 20- all right, question. All right, before before we get Deathloop, the okayest game of 2021, I, I can't make any like claims to that statement because I still haven't played it. But before we get to the actual award stuff, mm. uh, one last thing. Atlas is actively trolling at this point, right? Yeah. Because saying that we're going like, all right, oh, so you, you, you showed fans. up. Yeah, you showed up late to the show, so I don't think... You, this is like one of the last announcements at the pre-show before... Yeah. So the persona's like we got we got something to announce today. Persona For four, persona Nite- four, oh, the ultimate is whatever. To- yeah, I, like you I mean, guys have a PC version of four done. <laughs> what are you? What are you doing? Yeah, they're trolling. And I love it. I, I, hey, I Ultimax is a it's good. good game. If you want more story for Persona Four, yeah, it'll, it'll can't, can't miss it. Yeah, I mean, I, like it's. I don't think people realize that those are just really killer visual novels of Persona. Yeah, like, like the Dancing All Night one was good too. You play Dancing All Night is genuinely fun. Yeah, they're good. They're good. You play the campaign of Persona Four Ultimax. And I would say that in the campaign, there is one minute of actual fight scenes, like fighting, fighting game fighting, to every 40 minutes. Yeah, it does that thing where it's like, okay, and fight. And now it's over. Now you read for half an hour. Here, read for an hour. Yeah. Okay. So, Deathloop. Um, What mind says we have an art direction award and you're in a world where psychonauts 2 is real and was made mm, mm, i'm gonna released. argue with this all day man oh i'm fascinated i'm fascinated that seems it just seems criminal to me <laughs> the, no the the look of death loop is fantastic hmm. it is cohesive it's interesting it's it's witty it's it's really amazing the art the visuals are not the problem with death loop yeah no 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 i i i wouldn't say that they are i just i don't know i i guess not having played it and have only watched video and seen Uh, screens yeah it just it just looks like the arcane show to me um it just looks like 
uh, like again I, this sounds shitty but it's just it's the way that game presents when you haven't played it it's like what do we have in the hopper left over from no, that's dishonored fair. that's totally fair that's and that's totally fair well you know and and put some people with modern guns in um so i yeah i i don't know that was that was the first one that threw me now i i mean psychonauts has it certainly does have a, a a a wonderful style, and 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 its use of color is fantastic. Yeah, I think it lacked a really killer. Like, there's no punch, right? That's interesting. It's all it's all good, yeah. but when you think about it, there's no one thing you think about. Like, there are some visuals in, in Deathloop that, like, I think about the game, and again, you're absolutely right, this doesn't really present until you actually play it, that I think of immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true with Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I yeah. also wonder if it's a situation of, like, the people who voted on the awards just didn't play it. Oh, and... 100%. I'm convinced yeah. people didn't play Psychonauts too. Convinced. Yeah. Uh, so I finally, again, didn't play, watched a bunch of video. Um, I'm not, I, I don't hate Joseph Ferris. Uh, Fuck him. <laughs> I think he's a bit of a fucking blowhard. Uh, I think, I continue to think that Brothers, A Tale of Two Souls is a great game. True. You do love that one. It's, it's a great game. Um, and I understand why people gave him more money after that game came out like they looked at that saw the promise in it um you know i I think it's a game that has aged dramatically in the 10 years since it came out like the things that made it so revelatory yeah Yeah, it's been a decade we Uh, were a joystick when that came out we were we were a joystick when it came out on uh playstation because it had been out on 360 and pc since 2012 oh yeah it's Ooh. old. It's an old Ooh. game. Yeah, apparently. Um, okay. And I, I I, think it's great. I think that's a great game. Um, uh, very affecting. Watching video of It Takes Two, I do not fucking get it. It, like, it seems all over the place tonally. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's also understand... Like not- a f- like I, I my it's understanding of it, it's, it's not a family it's a game. Broken family game, right? It's I, about like, parents getting divorced, for God's sake. But but if it's about divorce, what the fuck is going on with the levels and the dialogue? And I don't the racist I, caricature. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I. I uh, all right, the game of the year stuff. I, that that's another situation where I wonder if it's a situation like what happens with the Oscars sometimes, when there's like too many pretty okay to like decently mm. good things that splits the vote, so that yeah. something yeah. else just kind of squeaks ahead because right. two people voted for it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just we we were talking about this before the show, but like Resident Evil Eight is fine it's good it's a it it is a good video game to to play if you want to play a video game it's a video game to play but um susan you have a theory i do uh, about uh resident evil that i think i I do i think it holds a lot of water i think 
So I think the because it is it is a fact that it is a fine game. It is a Dave Roberts okay, mm-hmm. and yet it is up for game of the year and all these awards. And I am convinced 100% it's because in the run-up to the release of the game, everybody's super horny for Lady Dimitrescu and that sort of communal creation of a meme, Mm -hmm. that's what they're actually reacting to. That feeling of anticipation and and positivity and community. Mm. Created by, for whatever reason, everybody being horny for the nine-foot-tall vampire lady who's fine like she's not even in the game all that much she's in it for like an hour yeah look i i really like the the castle uh the first you know Mm -hmm. it's so short too like i the first fourth of uh resident evil 8 in the castle and the village i think is neat and i mean as like a game she's the worst part of it it's not even scary if she finds you in a room She'll be like, oh, there you are, Ethan. And then you can walk out of a door and you can stand on the other side and see her walking yeah. into the door. Yeah. Not be able to follow you. It is ridiculous. Like, yeah. the chase mechanics worked better in Metroid Fusion in 2002. <laughs> I, I don't know. I Name something memorable about Resident Evil 8 that isn't her or the baby house. Okay, I was going to I was about to say the baby house, but Okay. What what about but, that game was memorable at all besides her and the baby house? <laughs> For me, I do remember but only cuz I hated it. The fight after the like inventor guy in the factory? Oh, like you're I out hated the field. That. Oh god. It sucked. Yeah, it's a like they who thought a railgun tank fight is a good thing for I like, Resident I, Evil. I like the railgun tank fight. It's I also fine. I also like the tank from Arkham Knight too. So I'm I maybe I just like tanks. <laughs> I don't know. A tank guy. Can I can I can I be a real sour grapes dickhead really sure. quickly? I'm sorry, guys. I'm Why sorry. Why go to be off a, brand? I don't want to. I don't want to be a prick. Um, but like I look at Suicide Squad game and I just all I can think to myself is I I can't point to a game studio in history where it's just like what a waste when I I think about Rocksteady yeah because like Arkham Asylum and I went back and replayed a little of Arkham Asylum last year just to like make sure that I wasn't crazy and it was totally mm-hmm. rose no, colored glasses. I, I, I actually started playing it again like last weekend because I was like, well, it's amazing. It's good. Like that's a that's a real lightning in a bottle game. It's got a case of the three sixty yeah. Browns, but like it's Sh- sure it's but good. It's, I mean, I, it was Unreal Engine three. It's it, 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 one, well, yeah, and it was of the times too because like it, 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 it does look like a hot topic. Just like threw up all over it. Yes, yes. But that game is. I mean, it's so good. And to go from that to the 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 open world, lukewarm cream of wheat nightmare that is Arkham City and Arkham Knight, and now to be like, ah, uh, you've been waiting. 
It's been six years since Arkham Knight. Oh my god! It has so been we six made years. it. Ag- so we made it again. <laughs> <laughs> we made it again. But now there you now you can have four people doing it, and I. There's like I want I want a game about those characters so bad, but not you want you want the Guardians of the Galaxy game so with bad. those characters. So that's bad. what, and I want the Wonder Woman game from Rocksteady. Right? Yes. 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 And I I'm I, look whatever the Wonder Woman game might be, the pairing of like that character and that studio. Hell yeah, man. They made it, the Nemesis system. It, it really does feel like they should be flipped, because you imagine like the Suicide Squad yep. going around an open Ooh. world with the Nemesis system. Ooh. Yeah. I'm playing for dates. Whereas Wonder Woman is uh, breaking off uh, air vent grates and sneaking... <laughs> How dope would that be, though? Man, I don't know if you guys remember this. Talk about things that happened 10 years ago. But there was a rumor around 2012 uh because arkham arkham city existed but there was a rumor going around that rocksteady's big follow-up was going to be a sort of like period version of batman and they were they were gonna make something that was part sort of like 50s batman comics where it's like, come on, Robin, we're going down to the ice cream shop. Bring the bad dog. And Adam West-style Batman. Oh, wow. But, like, lean into the sort of surreal, psychedelic aspect of it. And they were going to bring in, you know, the, the the other Justice League characters, but almost like Super Friends in the 70s style. Okay. I would kill for that game. That would be I, fun. That right? would be fun. That would be, I, that would be fun. <laughs> That'll be fun. And just watching it, uh, King Shark, you better blow up those purple robots. You got purple robots over there. They escaped Sunset Overdrive, and now they're here. King go, Shark? Go get them. <laughs> go get them. I don't know. Um, yeah. What, okay, do you guys have any other thoughts of the Game Awards? Fuck them. Mm. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I mean, Returnal got best action game, which is cool. It got something. <laughs> It got How? more than Psychonauts did. Which, uh, I'm, I, I, am, I am convinced the people voting didn't play Returnal or played it and it was hard so they quit and just flat out didn't play Psychonauts. I, I, don't, I don't understand how you can be in a year with Returnal existing and not have that in the game of the year running. Like, and is it, it guys, did you need her to like wear less clothes? In space, is that what you needed? Did you need that? <laughs> did I, she have? I did just, she have to be seven feet tall? <laughs> where was that for art direction as a nominee? Cole, oh, where, where was it for everything? Where, where was, was it in narrative? <laughs> where was Hitman Three? Where was Hitman yeah, Three at all? Yeah, it, well, uh, that game came out in January, which is let's let's be real. There. Let's be real. Where was Mario Golf? Come on. Yeah. Should have gotten them all. Mario Carl Super. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's talk about something that, that is awesome. That is very, very cool. Okay. Uh, let's let's talk about a, something that a, a longtime friend of the show, a developer himself, Fasi Sam, brought 
to us in the Continue Podcast Discord. Susan, can you can you walk us through what Fozzy uh, laid out uh, that is something that developers have to consider when they're making games? Yeah, so the conversation started with, uh, I think it was Punk Rock Bob, actually, observing that something like, well, actually, no. Backing up even further, Lee Alexander uh, said something on Twitter Paraphrasing again, but if you took, uh, you know, violence, combat, that sort of thing, off the table, ninety percent of developers would have no idea what to do. To yeah, game. it was like, like specifically like taking territory that isn't yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like that's what that's yeah. And and uh, I said that's you know first of all it's not even on point because what developers want to do and what they are allowed to do mm-hmm. two different things. Um, because I think it's more accurate to say you you would leave the audience with no idea what to do because like the the you take one the oldest games known to man they're based on combat they're based on war they're all about winning defeating an enemy that's been the the backbone of game development since games began. And so that got us talking about, well, you know, uh, Punk Rock Bob says he finds, like, farming games incredibly boring. He's like, that's just work. I don't understand why you find work entertaining. I'm like, well, yeah, but you'll go grind in Destiny for two hours, Mm. and that's work to other people. So that got us talking about how different psychologies enjoy different things for different reasons. And that's when Fassi stepped in and is like, well, hello, I'm one who actually makes games, so I know some things. He would never he would never be like that. He's so humble. He's loved like me. Yes. But uh, yeah, there's like there's different personality types. Uh, uh, the the simulationist, mm-hmm. the uh, oh gosh, I forget the, the narrativist. The, the narrativist. narrativist. And, and then uh, um, the the first one is the geist. The yeah, it's it's the the gamist, the gamist the game. person. Which man is that true? The description <laughs> of the gamist is truly the game. Why don't you? Since you have them in front of you, yeah, why I, I got you... them in front of me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fozzie laid it out as the gamist is a person who plays to win. These are the people who beat games, who yep. want to learn a system and exploit its weaknesses to triumph against the computer or another player. Dark Souls fans. Dark Souls fans. Uh, but then there's the simulationist player who want to feel like they're somewhere else and are someone else. They don't care about fairness. Life is not fair. They just want detailed rules simulating everything. And it's fine if there's no win condition. And then there's narrativist players, and they're in for catharsis. They want to be part of a narrative involving them completely uninterested in probable outcomes because a story by definition is a series of improbable events so elegantly put uh naturally they're also not interested in winning because a good story may require a protagonist Mm -hmm. to lose meanwhile a gamist player would want to win a dialogue scene which if you look at the player data to come out of the mass effect yeah Mm -hmm. yeah tells you all about which of these game gamer types is the most fucking prevalent (laughs) yeah the you saying that just instantly gave me the flash of like those scenes in final fantasy where you're you go 
up against a boss and you have to die. There's no way to beat it because the story says that you have sure. to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, what I found is, and, and he was saying that from a developer's point of view, uh, you're probably not going to be able to create a game that serves all of those types of players equally. You tend mm-hmm. to create a game that is directed at one of those types, or maybe a combination of two. And uh, some of the folks in in the Discord were like, "I don't like being labeled." Thanks. Mm-hmm. Which I found really, really interesting. Like, but you, you are part of. Like, I'm not saying every. I, I don't think anybody is one of those. Right, it's, it's a spectrum. It's well, a spectrum. Yeah, you're, yeah, and even he was saying that like everyone has tendencies for everything. They just for there, sure. there are yeah. things that they tend to gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Like, I would probably consider myself a narrativist gamer, but that's not to say that I don't like me a a Civ game every now and then. It's just not yep. what I'm... It's not what I gravitate towards. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I, I found it... Something that I have found is that... And this isn't just just true of gamers. It's, it's true of people in general. Are reluctant to consider... Why do I like this? Mm-hmm. Why do I not like that? What, these two games are both supposedly the same kind of game. Why do I like this one but not this one? Hmm. They they just stop at I don't like it, therefore it's bad, yeah. or I like it, therefore it's good. And I I really love these kinds of you know mental exercises. Like, well, what am I? What what about games does motivate me and keep me going? And and I think like because we as reviewers have to know that about ourselves so we can we can sure. work outside our bias when we're reviewing a game. So we're used to, to doing that. But I just think it's a really interesting conversation and it's an interesting way to think about what games give us. Yeah. I mean, you guys know that I two things. One, this kind of self-interrogation is it's the only thing I ever want to talk about on the show. Like it's <laughs> whenever I'm like, and now it's time for Anthony's navel gazing 30 minutes on the show. Uh, <laughs> But also, you know, my entire career as a critic, and I, I think it's why the three of us worked so well together when we were all at a publication together, was that, you know, we, we fulfilled these sorts of different approaches to criticism. And uh, my approach was always, like, my my liking this or not has nothing to do with what makes it good or bad. Or, you know, I'm more concerned with what it means and about people and and the people that made it and the people who are playing it. I think that's the more interesting question. The thing that was really interesting while thinking about sort of that spectrum and that self-interrogation was I started thinking about Fosse's saying, like, you know, you could attempt to make a game that serves all of these types, but, I mean, good, good fucking luck. Yeah. But... I was thinking about all the things that are sort of the cultural institutions, like these enduring games that, you know, sort of get this mass following and then are played for years and years and years. Uh, Things like Breath of the Wild or Halo. Mm -hmm. And they are not universally, but I think broadly things that do appeal to all three of those types. Things that can, that are 
maybe not broad enough, but that are are complex enough in their execution that they can find a way to serve all of those masters at the same time, where some where where everybody along the the you know sort of long 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 line that you have all three of those placements on everyone on that spectrum can find something in there you know like sieve i know a lot of people that love sieve because they do want to like get that good ending they want Mm -hmm. that feeling of being like i have led the culture to the place where we're going to explore space forever and it was good but i also know people who are you know want to play sieve in a game that never ends they're like i just want to build the perpetual motion machine and i know the person that only wants to play it multiplayer and just fucking conquer like who who do i who do i crush um and it's amazing when you see things that can accommodate all of those perspectives simultaneously i think fallout 4 is an, is another really good example and i think that manages to accommodate all three types just by being enormous you know it's you got to do all the combat and there's there's very much a i will i will defeat you you know deathclaw there you you will try fights over and over and over again until you get past that part of the game obviously there's a huge narrative structure involved in that and and there's different ways to go and different endings and then there's a lot of simulation going on too i know people who just just they put hundreds of hours into fallout 4 just building stuff Mm -hmm. right like they they fought it they went and did the combat if they had to like maybe they turned it down to easy or whatever because that was not interesting to them and there of course are People who didn't build the gosh darn thing because they don't dig on that. So I think that, I think that in, if you, if you make a game big enough with enough to do in it, yeah, you can, you can serve all three masters beautifully. I think it's a game, a smaller, tighter game like, like Lost Legacy or, you know, something like that, a little more focused where you're pretty much playing to one key audience. Yeah, it's so funny you bring up Fallout 4 because I think just listening to you sort of talk about the way that Fallout 4 can serve all of those different people, I think that has something to do with why Fallout 76 was received so poorly. Mm. Like, not even that it was broken. I mean, you know, because they fixed it fast. Like, that they, did, was a, yeah. they fixed it really quickly. But I think that people went in having the expectation of that kind of malleability. Oh, 100%, and yeah. when it when it was so rigid and being like, that's not what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> that that people, once they, you know, had that expectation, uh, they, they bristled. They bristled hard. Dave, what do you make of this? What do you make of uh, the types? I don't know. I'm not a smart person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think it's interesting. I like, I, I, and I find your, your, your point about, like, those games that do stand the test of time to contain some element of those even if it's not like story there's still like enough there to like even if the story in the game isn't like big Overt. or important yeah there's still enough in there to latch onto like with halo like the story itself is straightforward but like that game has so much under the surface that, yeah. like, th- I mean, you know, w- when you have uh, someone like Microsoft who is like, we need to come up with things to sell to people 
they're, well, let's give them more shirts and merch, but let's also write additional stories and that fill out this world. Mm. And so, like, people who want that narrative aspect, like, they can get it. And then when they play the game, they're, they're, uh, their vision of that narrative is enhanced, whereas someone who's just like, I just want to blow people up in multiplayer, yeah. like, they don't get any of that. Mm-hmm. Something I do find crazy is I think there's one perspective where, like, you're like, oh, of course, those are the model for games that can sort of serve all of these masters. But when I really think about it, I almost am like, they're their own beast. How does Grand Theft Auto? Oh, wow. Fit into that framework. Because your inclination is to be like, all right, well, people play Grand Theft Auto online because they're the gamists. They're all the gamists. And those millions upon millions of people are like, I just want to beat well, people at this and this and this. But that's not no, that, what they that do. Game, that game has all three of it. Like, it, it has, has it has the gamist where, like, it has the competitive modes. It has right. the narrative. There is a narrative to Grand Theft Auto online with story right. quests and heists that you can take to further... Um, along and then there's the systems where you get to inhabit this world as yourself and live in it like you get your own apartment and run your own business and yeah like that's but that's the thing like the way people play grand theft auto online is like man it's it's utter fluidity between all of those three things because i've i've talked to uh hello simon uh, Simon, longtime uh, head of PR at Rockstar New York. We've we we've had many. I've met him. He's lovely. Simon is a great guy. Simon's a great guy. Uh, who <laughs> the, the day there was the first trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> <too. laughs> I tweeted, "God, I wish this didn't fucking bore me." And. Ten seconds later, I got a text. What the hell, man? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Simon. I loved Red Dead. Yeah. Uh, No, but like Simon, uh, it's so funny. Right when I joined Games Radar, the week before I started, I had lunch with him. And he was like, hey, I really want to pick your brain about like you're going to this new place. How would you approach covering Grand Theft Auto Online? And I was like, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting question. You fucking can't. Because the person that plays your game doesn't read video game websites. And the person that does read video game websites is not interested in your product in any way, shape, or form. So you have one of two choices. You can either spend the money to create an embedded reporter who is somebody that is like their entire beat and you you could find a freelancer to it's do like this. eve online right yeah yeah it's like yeah. Eve online you need to yep. you need to have somebody who's living and breathing in that world and like that would be a prestigious thing with the right kind of amplification but you're never gonna get the numbers you want to see yeah to well, and, but, and, but the thing is like those are where the most interesting <laughs> stories about games come from like, I know. Like, I don't play EVE Online. I have no inclination to play it. It it lo- it looks like... like People say it's like Spreadsheets video game, and I've looked at it, and it, it that's what it looks like. It's Spreadsheets the video game. Yeah. yeah. 
But like I've I've had multiple friends who have covered like Eve Online as a beat and like re- like edited and read their articles and stuff and like you read it and it's like reading war reporting like it is it's so cool it's, dude it it's is really good. like the like the, the the whole there's like like drama between like multiple factions like what like one of them is the goon squad which is like the something awful forums like. Mm-hmm. their whole thing and they're against someone else and someone like sneak like snuck in and like into their territory and caused this whole fight to happen and it like just like it's like world war one like one event <laughs> sets off this match that just sparks this this huge war that costs like hundreds of thousands of real world dollars because this shit has value right but again it's like Unfortunately, like who is actually reading this? Well, it's, yeah, and but and the other thing yeah. is, is that whole description is, I mean, it fascinates us. Yeah, but like that doesn't, it, you can't replicate that. You can't, yeah, go, you can't set out and say I'm going to create that type of experience because it doesn't adhere to any familiar structure, and it just has to happen. Yeah, it just has to happen. Well, like because uh, I remember, like when Eve Online first came out, like it got, like it was panned. Like critics hated it, and it 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 was another one of those situations where it did take like several years of updates and patches and stuff for it to gain this sort of critical mass where it just became bigger than mm. anything else. And there were attempts to be like, all right, well, it's a product. How do we make that appeal to this gamist person? Oh yeah, and then the, there was that shooter. That shooter. Do you guys that remember multi- this on the there PS3? Was, what was there it? was a oh, PlayStation was Three exclusive. <gasps> oh yeah. And the idea Something. was like you were gonna be like the uh, the um, ground troops. Yeah. For these corporations, and it's like when there was a skirmish between these economic forces in Eve Online part of the outcome would be settled by people playing these like essentially yeah, Halo like, death matches. Yeah, Halo death matches. And then there was the the VR game that they tried to make, the Eve Valkyrie. Yep. yep. Um yeah. which like no one's really playing that anymore. But yeah, it, it's uh, Susan, you said it before that the reaction to this from our our little community was like oh i don't like to be labeled and i think that the the funny thing about it is like yes like nobody's labeling you it's it's all a spectrum at the same time i find it really interesting that i think creative people don't want to be labeled either Mm -hmm. and uh people making games don't want to be penned in by that that those boundaries Mm -hmm. but boundaries are very very useful for this kind of reflection and development of a thought uh because if you don't have it you end up being like you know it would make us more money in eve online let's make a competitive shooter let's think about it rigidly and we'll try to cover all these bases and people hate that shit (laughs) yeah and then it goes Wah, wah, and everybody's like, you don't understand why this is successful. You don't get it. Uh, you know what I think, spe- just speaking of Eve and Grand Theft Auto, just think about Quantic Dream, guys. You know, you mm. maybe a little 
a little little uh, grand set. We'll get we'll get. Uh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> just just stop talking. Just don't do it. Just. I look I look forward to the Star Wars game having one decent character thread and then the rest being complete bullshit. Because yeah. all of his games are like that. They have like like Connor was like the one good thing about Detroit become human and then everything Ugh. else is Doish. Can't wait to see what they do to the female character. Yeah. Uh it'll be great. God. That Notice remains- I said character. Yeah, well, the one character one. who is uh, narratively inconsequential to the proceedings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys want to do video games we've been playing lightning round? Because I kind of, I, I like, I've been playing some stuff. Dave, you've been playing some stuff. Susan, you're playing the room again. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> how did that happen? Okay, so here's okay, so here's what happened. I forget how this part happened, but I saw the room pocket i was like looking okay. for something on my phone i found the room pocket and i'm like whoa new room game awesome cool that's one of none of my since i'm gonna get it it's actually a remake of the uh oh. the first room i'm like well i'm not remembering it because i played the first room so long ago awesome and i finished it and it's like you should buy the room too and i was like i will absolutely do that <laughs> and i went to go buy it and my apple is like Bitch, you already own all these. Just re-download them. So I said, "Yes, I think I will." And so, yeah. So I'm I'm just replaying the the room games because it's been long enough that I don't remember them. All the puzzles, and are, yeah. yeah, they're that good. <laughs> they're still awesome. So yeah. How does the pocket remake the original? Is it just like nicer fidelity? Is it's just it's it's made to work better on a phone. Yeah, I mean, man, That's the original all. is I mean, the original's got to be eight years old now. Seven was the original now? just an iPad game then? I think it must have been. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's so weird. the other The other day, I, I always just associate them with each other because I got them confused with each other for so long. Mm-hmm. But the other day, I was like, man, you know, like newfangled games like Device Six. And I, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is a billion years ago <laughs> it is a billion years ago and i just recommended it somewhat to someone earlier this week I, that's another one where I, I like they have to have updated it right it's got to be i don't know i'm not even sure they ever brought it to android it's funny all those old like first wave really seminal uh, ios games I keep thinking, like, I, I I downloaded one the other day because I was like, I wonder how it holds up. I uh, mm. I downloaded Year Walk for the first time yeah. in many, many years. And it, uh, oh, I didn't even tell you guys. I have, like, a real boy phone now. I got, what? like, a real boy phone. What? Um, yeah, I, I have an iPhone 13. Oh, my God. As opposed to something from seven years ago. <laughs> so i can play video games that's exciting <laughs> get, get, get yourself a backbone controller and just start I know, I, completely I've... destroying people on that final fantasy 7 battle royale game because uh, no one else has a controller so your your walk um i put it on here i was like i got a fancy screen now and the it looks pretty blurry because it's not supposed to look, oh it's not right. made for a retina display <laughs> 
This is like when you when you watch Star Trek The Next Generation on an HD TV and you can see all the mismatched paint on the set where they've touched it up and they're like, fuck it, you can't see it in the camera. It's fine. You can see the fucking like gum somebody's stuck on the wall yep. of a turbo what, lift. What is that what is that uh that joke from 30 Rock where they have the like HD cameras on oh. set and was it like Liz Lemon walks in front of it and it's just like ages 30 yeah. years or yeah. something <laughs> yeah my my favorite one of those is Alec Baldwin walks in front of it oh. and like he turns into himself from Hunt for Red October yeah and <laughs> then was nice. it and then Kenneth walks in front of it and turns He's into a, a Muppet a Muppet that's accurate <clears throat> he's also on an episode of Nailed It and he's wonderful what is uh, Nailed It <gasps> Nailed It is a cooking competition show where they they bring on amateur, not very good, amateur bakers and give them a professionally made and decorated cake <laughs> and say, replicate this in an hour. And it's, it is is a, so wonderful. It's an incredible premise. Oh, I love that. You got friend of the show, Ludwig Kitzman, is a big fan of it. Uh, he he and I tell each other when there's a new season. It's it's so good. It's so good. I have to check that out. Uh, yeah, Dave, this is interesting uh, because I listened to the episode from December of 2019 when we oh, first no. talked about this game, uh, and it was very funny because Susan and I were salty about VR. It was hilarious. But it was right when Half-Life Alex was announced. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we had this super extended conversation about, like, is this the killer app for VR? And the answer is, yes, Susan and I were like, no, fuck. Susan, in that episode, you're just going, no, no. <laughs> and I was right. Yeah, yeah, Still no, right. But, and it's because the, there is no such thing as a killer app for VR. The problem with VR is that the technology has to be cheap enough to make you want to buy it. And wear it. And wear, and wear that's, it. That's a bigger thing It'll for, never for me. Because, like, the Quest... now. Okay, they've got the Quest, I'm, which isn't connected to anything. That's, mm-hmm. That is great. And it's cheap. And it's cheap, relatively speaking. Well, but it's still a big honking thing on yeah. your head. When when the technology progresses to a point that the concepts of AR and VR are indistinguishable from each other, mm. mm-hmm. then it will happen. Yeah, At they which have to. Point, they have it to, won't be VR anymore. Yeah, kids. they have to solve. They have to solve the isolation problem. They never will. Yeah. Not with this. Not with this. Uh, that uh, said. Uh, Walmart had the 64 gigabyte model of the Quest 2. They have refurbished versions for $200. Did you get wow. it? I got it. Oh, nice. And uh, so, and and the thing with Quest is that they have been using um, all of that Facebook money to, I'm sorry, Meta. It's it's the Meta Quest now. It's not the Oculus no, it's not. Quest. It's, Does anybody refer to Google as Alphabet? Fuck you, Zuckerberg. It's never going to happen, buddy. <laughs> Just go slather on whatever that weird paint you wear while windsurfing is, boss. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So uh, the um, what the reason why I picked it up was mostly because of uh, Resident Evil Four VR, uh, which I've only put like fifteen which minutes. Which looks into. awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. it. 
I got to the first part, uh, the, the 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 difficulty gate right at the beginning when you're like, okay, you op- you go into the thing and it's like, okay, now there's just hordes of people coming. This is like the first game I played too. So I was like, I don't know how the teleport works. Uh, and I died. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump that to easy. I'm going to give that a shot. But take no, down just Super like, Baby. Yeah, take it down to Super Baby. But like, it, it does the thing that like VR is really good at where it makes all the mundane shit like really cool. Like You know how they, they had those like codex sequences with Hunnigan and it was just mm-hmm. like a crappy looking walkie-talkie? And this, like the game pauses and it looks at you, look at your hand, and you're holding a communicator and you take your little, little finger and you go boop, and it opens up and it folds out and the two screens with like you and Hunnigan are talking to each other and you can like move it around just like to, the, when you save at the typewriter you uh you you actually use your little fingers to to peck your name into the typewriter and then hit enter to save just dumb stuff like that it's yeah. it's really smart uh but no i i i uh through the magic of technology they have a, a solution where you can hook your quest up to a a vr ready pc uh, over the internet, over your network. Uh, yes. And uh, you can stream games from your PC to your headset. And normally it's just for like, because they have the Rift exclusive games on the computer, so you can play those. So you have to you have to put it on, you you set the option, because it's in beta, so it's not always on. You turn it on on your computer, you, you hit the button to go into the Rift software on your computer, and then you hit a button on your computer or on your <laughs> Rift desktop to go into Steam VR. So, like, I'm incepting here uh, into Steam so I can play Half Life Alex. I'm, I want to say I'm two hours into it. It's real good. Yeah. I I haven't gotten every every person I've heard talk about it say it's like one of the best VR games. It's like a really good Half Life game. Um, and like just it does some really cool shit by the end of it so i haven't gotten to that part yet but uh it's it's cool because like you you play as alex it's a few years before uh half-life 2 and uh your your dad gets kidnapped by the combine who are these like this alien race that like comes to earth and takes over yeah the, the, it, it, that, it's so cool because like you open on like city 17 and they're just like fucking walking around on this on the building so you can like look up at them and they, they look huge it's it's there is a lot of money poured into this game like you can tell like because most vr games it's like they they're really like low res because they have mm-hmm. to you know and also like a lot of small teams so this is like clearly they 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 made it like a like what if we made a high budget half-life game but it was in vr uh but it's 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 like do you remember ravenholm that sequence in half-life 2 where you're like in the spooky town and there's yeah it's a place where you're not like where no one goes anymore because yeah no one goes to ravenholm that's the whole vibe of the game because the, and it's smart, yeah, it's smart because it's like they, they can't make it like a speedy shooter because you'll get sick, uh, yeah. and so they have to make it a little bit slower and more methodical. So like all of the combat encounters, there aren't as many right now, mm. but they're spookier. 
So like you'll walk, you'll you you go through like this abandoned subway train, and you you take your little controller, you pull the bar out to open the door, and then there's this dead body on the ground, and then it like gets up, and the head crabs there, and it just starts lumbering towards you. So you pull out your gun, and you're like shooting like crazy, trying to hit the head crab. Uh, it's uh, it's cool. Uh, I I I I I hope to get to see it. Like I I want it to justify itself as like th- mm. like this is why people are talking about this is like this is why VR matters I don't know if it'll get there but like mm. as a cool thing to like walk around and explore and use the gravity gloves to like oh there's a some ammo over there and you just use the finger controller to go flick and then you catch it in your hand and then put it in your shoulder pack so you save it for later um it's neat it's fun I'm like like it has that like half-life polish like reese darby the guy from the 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 band manager from flight of the concords is like your radio guy uh so it's got this like he adds some nice levity to the like creepier bits of the game so man that that art style that half-life 2 like city 17 yeah striders that old look they still got it it's timeless timeless um uh two recommendations hmm Yes. I expect oh, you to I, die. Was, yes. Was it what was it, what was it? I expect you to die. I expect you to die, and it has a sequel out which I have not played, but the first one's great. And the room VR. Okay. Hmm. The room I've, VR is so cool. I imagine because like I think there's usually like a Christmas sale, like oh, the last yeah, week yeah. of the holiday. So I, I think I'm gonna like pick up a bunch of stuff there because I want to get super hot. VR. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Super high, um, really cool in VR. I already got Beat Saber because so yeah, that that was the other thing I, I forgot to mention. So not only did I get this headset for two hundred dollars, uh, their referral program when I uh, I clicked the referral link, I found like a thread on Reddit. Uh, they were giving out if you click the link and then activate your quest, you get sixty dollars in store credit. Uh, oh, nice. And then the other person gets thirty. So yeah, so I, that's I, how I paid for Resident Evil, and I got Beat Saber, uh, and Beat Saber's great. It's like, it's not like super inventive as far as VR goes, but it's like it's just a good rhythm game, and it feels fun. You're that's okay. Probably too early in Resident. You guys remember in Resident Evil Four when you could find like the jewels in the ceiling. Like yes, you know, you'd shoot, yes, yes. shoot at the ceiling and jewel would fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a GIF of Resident Evil Four Oculus where I was like, "Pretty tricky, Facebook. You almost got me." Uh, but somebody shot like one of the little jewels and then reached out their hand and caught it. Yeah, <gasps> as it fell. And I was like, "Oh, Zuckerberg! <laughs> oh, yeah, almost so, got me to sign back up." <laughs> so one of one of the things that that game does is it puts all of your weapons on your person. So like, if you want to use your knife, uh, you actually look down at your chest and you see your knife. So you grab it and then start flinging it. And because of the hand tracking, like you can, it's got physics. So like, if you're good at it, you can let go, flip it in the air, and then catch it again. Oh boy! Uh, your gun is at your holster. You actually like um, Half Life. Alex does this as well, where it's like if you have a syringe, you like uh, you store it in your wrist, so you pull it out of your inventory, but then you actually like activate it and then like jam it into your body, so it heals you. 
god. Yeah, like that. That's the whole point of VR is to just make yeah. the boring stuff of video games like interesting to do. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like, and they they did it for a, a GameCube game from two thousand what two three. I just wish it worked on mine. Yeah, oh, that's it doesn't. The, well, so it does not. It, that sucks. It does. There are ways, but it, they do require like hacking. Because mm-hmm. like, it, like, it's not officially supported, but like people yeah, have gotten yeah. it running. Fisher uh, Stevens it, got it running. It doesn't even work on like it's not even a Rift game. Like Fisher. <laughs> that's the other thing, though. Like you can't download it to a computer and then stream that to your Quest One. It's only Quest Two. Like they're. Yeah. Like Facebook, they're not I think, stupid. Yeah, they they also I th- I think they're done with like the Rift line completely. They're just doing. I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, which yeah. is really sad because uh, Ready at Dawn Studios, the I th- the they made the order right. Yes, and the yeah. God of War PSP. Yeah, they so the they've been it. making uh, PC VR games for Facebook. They made uh, was it Lost Echo two, which just came out like. A month before they announced that they were, that Facebook was discontinuing the the Rift line, <laughs> I'm sure they feel really good. But it looks cool. It's like, uh, hey, like an interact. You play a robot and you're floating in space and you get to like do space stuff, repair spaceships and things. It looks neat. So before VR's we cool. before we before we wrap it up for our dear listeners, this is truly a lightning round. I'll tell you what I've been playing the past oh, few no. days. So you guys. Uh, this is a little peek inside our world, uh, listeners. I had to rebuild the library on my PS Vita over the past week. And so Dave and Susan were getting the play-by-play of this experience. The end of which involved my five-year-old child playing Dead or Alive 5. Okay. So, <gasps> Lyra comes up to me and says, do you have any more games about punching?" To which I say, many. (laughs) You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. And so I was like, what do I have installed on something where I have two controllers that are charged? Mm. Street Fighter V is installed. Oh, God. I have been playing Street Fighter V with a five-year-old every night for a week. And do you want to know what's really funny? Is she She's kicking you? your ass? Just watching a five-year-old play Street Fighter. <laughs> I'm going to beat your butt. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to beat your butt. That time I got you. She, Oh, man, it is her to play those games. Oh, man, like I almost like want to like send a video to Capcom and be like, you guys need this in your life. Like, stop looking at esports assholes because this person understands the joy in what you've made. What well, wasn't there mm. that, that viral video that went around of like uh, a little girl figuring out how to how to do the Hadoken? Oh no, the, I've never seen uh, that. I don't know if it like went, it went. I, I saw it a few times in my circles. I think it was like part of a Mister video that someone was. I like, hey, I have my little kid play on a jo- like a proper joystick on the mister play street fighter and like just the look of like when she finally pulled it off but i did it like just her eyes just lit up like so do that 
she can't she doesn't have the manual dexterity to do some sure. stuff yet you know yeah. like i tried i was like oh you know like the blanca electricity mm-hmm. like that's oh it's one button but she just she can't she just physically can't press it fast enough at this point but i will say and i know both of you have said this to me in the past it's very funny when anthony is confronted with the patriarchy starting matches in that game and making sure that my child has selected not just a character but a costume for that character that is appropriate Uh is pretty fucking hard how did you navigate dead or alive well that's the thing dead or alive 5 is like honestly kind of chaste like it's not like um it's not like extreme beach volleyball like everybody's wearing clothes like and the real clothes i'm so trying to i'm trying there, to think I was like, it's it was i it was very surprising to be like i was like ooh, i don't like because the logo yeah it's not the, like it's soul caliber no no and like it's not even like the previous dead or alive games it's just like the raciest thing that you see in the basic costumes is like somebody wearing a shirt with their midriff exposed but oh like, you know why it's because they sell two thousand dollars worth of dlc to right. the weirdos right. who there it. it is but but like you know right. the 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 street fighter stuff like like cammy i can be like all right well at least cammy's wearing like a bathing suit but like man like some of the other characters like it's like no no keep going in the costumes keep going in the costumes and luckily there are really funny ones like one of blanca's alts is he's like wearing a theme park mascot version of himself okay that's funny (laughs) it's fucking funny uh yeah so like it's it but man holy crap does she love it she loves it it's really like the first time we've ever been able to play something together is fun um she's gonna get more about punching (laughs) yeah you need more games about punching uh you're gonna get her hooked on like guilty gear strive then is that the next step yeah i'm gonna kick it up a notch i don't know what what is the ramp up for a five-year-old on the fighting game i mean i think the next step is clearly king of fighters that's okay Okay. yeah well we're gonna go deep cuts totally disinterested in marvel versus capcom totally Hmm. yeah i was surprised like i because I realized that was in my PlayStation library. So I like I was like, honey, this one has like Spider-Man. So you could be, you know, Sakura, who you really liked being, and you yeah. could be Spider-Man at the same time. And we played it a little, and she was just like, Can we play real Street Fighter? And I was like, <gasps> Oh shit. Fucking my kid's hardcore. <laughs> is, it, is it because they don't look it's just the cartoony? Sim- it's the simplicity. It's the, mm. like, she could press one kick button Got over it. and over again, and, like, I mean, like, and it's, you know, you guys have played fighting games and button mashed. Like, if you sure. can get into a rhythm, you can kill, you can beat somebody that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, I legit lose rounds. Cause she, oh, man. Oh, she's so funny. Like, she can't internalize that she needs to, like, because she can't read the menu. Right. So she doesn't know that she has to like press the button to trigger the next round. And so I have to remind her after every round, like, honey, you have to press X for us to go forward. And now it's like a bit because 
I'll like click the thing like choose new character and stage and I'll turn to my right and she's just looking at me and she's like you do it slowly <laughs> does she does she always play the same character I'm very curious about what characters she picks there are characters she really likes there's a character like there's this Brazilian fighter named Laura who she really likes mm-hmm. she really likes Laura she likes Blanca she likes uh, Sakura and she likes because Sakura looks like Sailor Moon. That's that was mm-hmm. what she yep. said. Um, and she there's a new character who's uh, like Street Fighter Five has its problems, but like this is one of those characters where I'm like, you still got it, Capcom. But like the guy's name is G, and he's huge. And the best way to describe it is he like looks like a cross between a you know a Jaegermeister spokesman and Abraham Lincoln. So okay, it's like huge beard, top hat. He's like seven feet tall, and he's the president of the world. He's the secret president of the world. And one one of his fucking alt costumes is Santa. So she just wants to be Santa. It's pretty good. I I will say, man, some of those costumes that they've added. Like, because you get a ton of them when you buy the DLC. And, like, the Cammy outfit that Cammy just wears now is the character from Haunting Ground. That old survival oh. horror game. Right? Neat. Neat stuff. <laughs> Capcom like, remember that? <laughs> We're not going to sell it to you. We're not going to let you play it. But All right. Dave, who did it? Whose fault? Whose fault, Whose fault is this? This is, this is the backers' fault. At patreon.com slash continue podcast, uh, which I'm going to shout out right now. We've got John Belf, Toast, Doom Cow, Adam Gauntlet, Adam Contra, Condra, excuse me, Michael Coffey, The Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Ryan Mance, Canonical, Tom Coveney, Nick Rugan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, everybody, you're the, the people that back this show ensure that we continue to do it, and uh, even when it gets heavy, I, I I I sincerely hope that the people listening don't mind that we got a little heavy at the beginning. I kind of feel like uh, if you listen to this show, you like it, and if this is your first time listening to it, I hope you liked it. Um, yeah. Uh, you go to patreon.com slash continue podcast to back the show if you've got a dollar. If you don't, review us on Spotify and iTunes. And you can follow us around the internet. Uh, you can catch Dave streaming sometimes at twitch.tv slash continue podcast. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, uh, we're trying to hit 150 follows, so if you're not following us, get in there. Follow. Follow. Uh, I started doing uh, Sunday afternoon streams because like streaming at night on the west coast is kind of hard good point so so yeah i've been doing uh i'm gonna start doing some like sunday afternoon stuff too so dave where else uh can you david robots on twitter that's the david robots that's the internet the internet handle susan where can people find you you can find me on twitter at susan arndt where i uh do multiple tweet long multiple uh very long threads about why Psychonauts 2 should have been Game of the Year. 
It should have been game of the year. Yeah, should have. It just should have been. I Susan, your tweet about like if you're over thirty and you don't play this game, it's a fucking crime. I I echo that for Returnal. It's like two the, mm. the fact that two games about being an adult uh, came out this year is crazy. And an adult who has gotten things wrong. Gotten things wrong. Made bad choices. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my favorite thing. Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake made a bunch of bad choices, and then he's like, "But I'm done." And me and my wife are rich, and our daughter lives on a beach. <laughs> I killed a thousand people. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Nate Drake. The dubstep drop. drop. No shit. It's a new character, everybody. It's Pitbull Nathan Drake. (laughs) Nathan Drake! Dolly. I found out the world, son! Oh shit! What do you think of that, German Raymond? Your ways disgust me, Nathan! Um. (laughs) Alright, we'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 